he'd kind of been like huffing and puffing and complaining about how steep it was, which is totally fair enough because it was very steep. And then he got to the hut and there was a child and he was like, oh, I can't complain anymore. And then the child turned to me and asked, oh, so you're having a boy or a girl? And he just turned around and his jaw dropped. He's like, are you pregnant? And then he just didn't complain for the rest of the night. <laughs> hilarious. This is Aotearoa Adventures with your host, Abigail Hanna, the podcast for everything you need to know to travel New Zealand. I talk to photographers, van lifers, moms, students, and everyday Kiwis to hear their inspiring stories from past adventures and to share helpful tips and tricks for your travels. Whether you're visiting Aotearoa for the first time and live on the road, or you work a nine to five and have lived in New Zealand your whole life, you're guaranteed to learn something to plan your next getaway and get a new excitement to explore more of this beautiful country I call home. So grab your hiking boots, hop in the car, and turn up the volume. Kia ora. today I'm really stoked to be sitting down with Alice from Alice Adventuring, so it's perfectly on brand for the podcast. Um, kia ora Alice, would you like to introduce yourself for the listeners? Hi Abigail, Hi, I'm Alice. Um, I am a Kiwi lass who lives down in the deep south of New Zealand and I love going on tramping adventures, among other things. <laughs> That's awesome. Whereabouts in the deep south do you live? I currently live in Invercargill and I grew up actually only an hour's drive from here towards Tiano. Yeah. Um, but I've been away for about a decade before COVID, so it's kind of nice to be back. I know Invercargill gets a bad rap, but it's actually a really beautiful town and such yeah. a good location for adventures. That's so cool. I was just about to say, like, it, it is pretty perfectly located. I mean... Milford Sound and all of Fjordland's just right next door and Queenstown and can't be too far away. Yeah. yeah. Like Stewart Island. Um, yeah. All, like, the harder to access places are quite easy to access from here. So very, very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about your childhood, Alice, um, and growing up in the Deep South. Um, so I grew up on a sheep farm, yeah. <laughs> which I feel like a lot of Kiwis could probably relate to. Um been a lot of time like exploring the farm being outdoorsy my mum was a teacher my dad was a farmer so we had lots of lots of really busy times when we were working on the farm but when it wasn't as busy we would go off on holidays with like our old bright orange 70s pop-up camper van oh, um, that's so much <laughs> yeah so we ended up doing a lot of travel around New Zealand as a family mostly South Island because it was easier but we did two or three trips to the North Island to visit family yeah as well um and my parents had both traveled overseas my mum also than my dad when she was younger she was a ski instructor Mm -hmm. um so we had a lot of international friends who'd come visit and that was really really cool as a kid seeing the wonder of someone who'd like traveled lots before coming to New Zealand and seeing how beautiful it was here it kind of made you appreciate your own country a bit more I think 100% I really resonate with that because um growing up in India we often had people coming to visit us um which meant that we would go do the touristy things over and over again whether it was the Taj Mahal like I've been there three times in my life um (laughs) or things a bit more locally because we were based in the south but it's it's cool to have that sort of excuse to um go out and do something in your own country because I guess sometimes it feels like oh it's right there we can do it whenever (laughs) yeah um but when someone else is coming over and they're like oh we've come all this way to New Zealand what have you got and you get to go show them so that's awesome and I think COVID has hopefully given people a bit more of that over the past few years because Mm. you've been made to travel your own country and yeah how pretty it is (laughs) yeah 
Um, I was going to ask if you've got any siblings and how many slept in that um, orange camper van. <laughs> I've got one younger sister. Okay. Um, and so my parents would sleep in the camper and there was like a big awning. Um, like oh, yeah. old, I don't even know what it's made out of, like really stiff leather or canvas um, that we would sleep on on really awful stretches. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely sounds like you might have a couple more adventures from your childhood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had good times. We'd often go away at like Easter. That was the like, April was quite a quiet time on the mm-hmm. farm. Um, so it wasn't lambing, wasn't cropping. So that was always big adventures. But depending on the year, it could be quite cold, especially yeah. in like central Otago. Yeah, absolutely. Did you do much tramping as a family, or when did you start getting out tramping more? Yeah, no, I start. I was really lucky. Mum and Dad were interested in tramping from the get go, mm-hmm. so. They'd kind of helped found um, a little tramping group within like a little rural area, mostly just friends. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, before we were even born. And then they still took us on like nothing too, too crazy. Because I think it maybe wasn't the done thing as much back then to take kids on crazy adventures. <laughs> <Whereas> <laughs> it's definitely more acceptable now or people are showcasing that it can be done. Um, yeah. But yeah, we still went on some really cool trips, mostly like down south in Fiordland and things, some multi-dayers, um, did a lot of the great walks off-season. Yeah. Do you remember how old you were on your first trek or do you remember? Um, I remember as a family um, for like a semi-sad event, but we climbed up to Ben Lomond Saddle and I must yeah. have been – oh, sorry, that's a plane. Um, I must have been <laughs> like four or five. Okay. Um, but we didn't go up to – I think I must have – been maybe six or seven when I climbed up Ben Lomond Summit for the first time. Yeah. So that's um just above Queenstown. Yeah. Um, well, that's really cool. I find it so interesting to hear people's childhood and how that sort of impacted things because mine was the complete opposite. My parents hated the outdoors and thought like, <laughs> why the heck would you camp if you could stay with a you know proper roof? Um I mean it's and... quite a, it <laughs> why would you? <laughs> crazy people who do yeah the crazy people but um I married one of those crazy people who's definitely gotten me into that a lot more (laughs) yeah it gives you some great experiences 100% yeah and I think the thing about camping for me is like you get to go to the places where the roads aren't like yeah which is just the best (laughs) yeah definitely um so how did how did things continue from there um sort of as you got older and going into uni and you said you did a stint overseas what did that all look like yeah I was lucky enough to um go on a high school exchange to France when I was 17 18 so I was young in high school I'd skipped a year or something so because of when my birthday falls so I was going to be 17 for like three or four months of the first year of uni which doesn't sound like a fun time socially Um, (laughs) so and I'd studied French at high school through correspondence because our country school didn't have a French teacher at the time so I went on a high school exchange there um that kind of was the first like solo kind of travel I'd done internationally and it was really really cool and I had a beautiful host family really really lucky in the north of France just kind of like the Southland of New Zealand, <laughs> like okay. very agricultural, yeah. old coal mines, um, but quite has kind of some cool ties to New Zealand through the wars. Um, so I went there and then when I came back, I went to Otago and studied French some more because um, mm-hmm. that's a great way of getting job, um, <laughs> job opportunities <laughs> later on. 
Um, but really, really loved it. I didn't actually do too much tramping, which in some ways I regret, but I was also prioritizing other things like making mm. friends and um, doing other things like that. Um, I still had friends who were into tramping, but didn't do as much. And then when I finished uni, I guess I had more time and energy to go yeah. back into the outdoors and also more disposable income to spend on petrol and tramping yeah, food. And 100%. Tramping yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, you are expecting a baby. Congratulations. Thank um, you. That's super exciting. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that's been like? Um, I still don't really believe it, even though I'm in my first trimester <laughs> now, so it's hopefully going to hit me at some point before the birth. Um, it's Yeah, it's been really interesting. I, I didn't really know what to expect. Like I know people were sharing a lot more about pregnancy and like the actual truths behind it as opposed mm. to just you have a pregnancy glow and it's lovely um, or the opposite. It's awful. There's normally it's kind of in the middle. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really didn't know what to expect in terms of what I'd be able to do tramping wise. Yeah. And I also didn't really plan it very well in terms of dates um, because I'm most heavily pregnant over summer, which would normally be when we're doing as much tramping as yeah. we can, but can't do that as much this year. But you can only plan so much when it comes to babies. Um, so first trimester was over winter, so that was kind of good. Um, I didn't get much nausea, nausea but felt really fatigued, mm. um, like just coming home from work and napping all the time. And I also had COVID in first trimester, wouldn't recommend. Oh, that <laughs> so does that not sound fun. Yeah, it wasn't a great time. Um, but then around week 14, um, started getting my energy back. So did some skiing, did some snowshoeing. And then second trimester was fantastic. So you have oh, more energy. Awesome. You're not yeah. too big yet. Most of your symptoms are kind of gone. Um, so, yeah, I did. I've done a little bit in between those two times and then mm. I think from now on I'm gonna have to start I say slowing down but that's obviously subjective for me so we're yeah. hoping to still do tramping and some overnighters but nothing no not probably multi-dayers um and nothing too extreme like mostly on tracks and things well, that sounds really cool um what sort of surprised you the most about um I suppose the way that pregnancy changed or impacted your travel and your tramping. Um, I guess the thing that surprised me the most was that it didn't actually impact it that much, yeah. at least up until now. Yeah. Um, I've been really, really lucky in saying that. Like I've had a mostly smooth pregnancy this time around, which is lovely. Um, so that's been really good. And then I... I guess one of the other things was that the hunger and the hydration, like when tramping, mm. like having to eat so much more and having to drink so much more, which I knew was a thing but hadn't really factored in. So normally when we go tramping, I like to overpack and be prepared in case we have to spend an extra day. So yeah. we normally have a lot of food left over. That's not so much the case anymore because I've eaten all of it. Um, <laughs> and I know people say you don't have to eat that much more when you're pregnant day-to-day day. like it's only like a pottle of yogurt or like a few pieces of fruit extra in terms of calories yeah. which is fine when you're not being active but when I was active I found mm. I, I was just using up my energy so much faster um and I guess the other thing was sunstroke like it's not something I'd ever really interesting experienced before but when it's been like I've been out on the water or something for the whole day and like yeah. it's been all the snow and it's been reflecting your face um, but there was an overcast day that we did Macintosh Hut, which is 
or McIntyre Hut, both of them anyway, um, in near Glenorchy. Mm-hmm. And coming back in the car to Queenstown to get a furry burger because of course, <laughs> because of course <laughs> you've got to get a furry burger. <laughs> um, my face was so bright red. I felt really nauseous, which was really disappointing because I'd been really looking forward to the burger that whole yeah. day coming off the mountain. <laughs> I was, you know, like you prepare yourself for the food you're going to eat when you get back to civilization. And then here I was so nauseous. I was like, I didn't even want a burger anymore. Oh. Um, and I realized afterwards, once I'd put some like cold aloe and like ice packs and stuff, yeah on my face that it was probably sunstroke and like I'd been wearing sunscreen it had been overcast and we had been stopping but Mm. I think normally that wouldn't have affected me but being pregnant obviously I'm a bit more it seems like a bit more sensitive which is not something I expected yeah that's really interesting that's not something that I probably would have guessed it might be a Um, personal symptom yeah it it always fascinates me how pregnancy looks so different on Mm. between people yeah Um, yeah, it's, so it's it's really, really valuable to hear your experience. Um, you mentioned that you had had some other role models who were also hiking while you were pregnant. Do you want to um, let me know who some of those were? Yes. Um, oh, gosh, putting me on the spot. There's um, Sonia from <laughs> Back to the Wild. She's yeah. been so, so helpful and inspiring. So I did an episode with her a little while ago yeah. as well, um, and so she cool. was hiking with a 11 week old baby mm-hmm. um, and shared yeah. that story but yeah yeah so yeah she and she's just been so generous with her knowledge and so lovely oh, that's awesome never met her in person but literally was just sending voice notes back and forth the other day um so so lovely um Victoria as well from Victoria Wanders yeah yeah um with Ryan they've been doing some really and also travel like they just came back from this crazy overseas trip to, to Europe yeah so in the states, so that was cool. Um, who else? The backyard travel family, not pregnancy per se, but just like mm-hmm. inspiring younger families getting out there and still tramping and traveling. So that I know that my tramping days aren't finished because lots of older people try to tell you that when you're pregnant, which is really yeah. depressing. Yeah, <laughs> and not true. Um, it can be if you want it to be, but if you want to keep adventuring, it's definitely an option. Yeah. So that sounds like it's still on the cards for you then to continue to travel and take baby with you. Hope so. Yeah, I'd 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 love to. I don't know if my priorities will change. Like I honestly mm. don't know what I've gotten myself yeah. into. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I'd like to think that I'd want to continue adventuring yeah. and okay, like I don't know, sharing my love of nature and outdoors with um a little girl when she's born. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. precious. Um. I suppose it's just sort of passing passing that on to her the way that your parents did with you. Yeah, um, although it can backfire. My sister hated camping <laughs> when she was a teenager. Oh, really? And I couldn't back into more outdoorsy stuff as an adult. So you can go um, one of two ways. <laughs> um, what are you looking forward to the most when your baby girl arrives? Um, being able to sleep at this point, being able to sleep on my back would be... <laughs> an amazing blessing (laughs) yeah but just being able to see her and then I don't know getting used to my new role as a mum yeah yeah I I I have no clue I don't really have much expectations because I think any expectations you go in with are probably not gonna be met so I'm trying to keep an open mind no that's really cool um before we talk about one of your favorite tramps um what do you do for work and how do you manage to sort of fit travels around that um I'm a medical speech language therapist so 
I work in um, Kew Hospital, Southland Hospital here in Invercargill. And I work with a mixture of adults, so people who've had strokes or neurological disorders who need communication and swallowing assistance. And then also I've started working with paediatric dysphagia, so the kiddies, like the neonates and um, babies who are having feeding issues as well. So really, really cool work, really rewarding, but not super flexible. (laughs) Yeah, So I work Monday to Friday, 8 to 4.30, so I... I save my weekends and annual leave for adventures. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which awesome. It's hard when you have to book in advance and you don't know what the weather's going to do because I'm definitely it really a weather Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I've been really appreciating with our van that um, on weekends we can sort of see what the weather's doing and then decide if we're going away or not. Um, yeah. It's a little bit different when you're tramping and you've got to book huts or get, you know, dock passes and stuff. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle trying to fit travel around annual leave and a full-time job, but um, I love talking to people that are doing that because it's, it's my first year working and taking all the inspiration and advice that I can. <laughs> it's definitely possible, 100%. Yeah. yeah, it just means you probably have to sacrifice doing the washing or having a tidy house because <laughs> you're busy, you know, doing other stuff. Um. Let's talk about Gillespie Pass. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is a multi-day hike. Is it three days or is it four? Um, it depends on fitness and your preferences. I guess okay. we did it in yeah. four just so that we weren't rushed. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not a fast tramper. I like to take my time. So yeah. <laughs> four days well, is great. Tell us, tell us everything. Where is it? Is it a loop or is it a through hike? Um, it is kind of like a loop so it's um in between Wanaka and Haast on the west coast so yep. you go through Hawea towards the west coast and then you reach Makaroro which is like a tiny little township like if you blink you miss it and then you get past <laughs> so um we dropped our car at Makaroro and we it's, it is a loop but it's kind of separated the last little bit is it oh, about 10k road walking um yeah. And so it's almost like two, a horseshoe sort of shape. Yeah, yeah, like a long horseshoe. So some people do hitchhike or walk on the road. That didn't sound like a fun time. I mean, hitchhiking <laughs> would have been fine, but um, walking on the road didn't, road didn't sound like a fun time to us. So, And on top of that, there's a river crossing of the Makarora River right at the start and at the end. And yeah. neither Matt or I are great like have a lot of experience with like quite big river crossings, like mm. fine with streams or little rivers, but the Makarora can be massive and there have been drownings um, on this tramp before. So mm. we're really cautious, which in the end, because of the timing and the weather, we didn't need to be. So we had booked to go with um, the Wilkin River Jets. So they were going to boat us across. So we didn't have to worry about the river crossing at all at the start and then boat us back down um, on the last day. But, it was in the start of January, was it this year? It was this year. It feels so long ago. Um, <laughs> so much has changed. Um, this year, which was such a warm and dry summer down here. So the the jet boats weren't even operating, which if you know jet boats means the river was freaking low because yeah. they can operate yeah. in like below knee deep water. Yeah. So we just, they took us, they drove us up the road instead, which was lovely, um, and then just pointed us in the right direction and we just crossed the river and yeah, it was pretty easy at that time. But in saying that, it normally isn't. So if you're not experienced with river crossings, you can either pay for the jet boat across 
or there's the longer walk from the Blue Pools, um, okay. which is a really popular day walk yeah. um, just above Wanaka. You can keep going and it links up with the Yang, the track up to Yang Hut. So that's another option if you don't want to do the river crossing. Yeah, It just adds, or 7K maybe. I can't quite remember, but a, bit, a big chunk of walking to your day. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so it's the first part. Then first day is walking up to Yang Hut. And yep. then the next day is up and over Gillespie Pass. I looked which, at the elevation profile of this, yeah. and that's ridiculous. It's very steep. <laughs> what is it, like 600 elevation over like a kilometre or two? I think it might even be more than that. I can't even yeah. remember. Oh, um, it, just, it just looked very, very steep. <laughs> it was. I think it might even be like a, almost a kilometre over... I can't remember, but it, regardless, my brain kind of yeah. blocked me out. Yeah. It took us two hours, but it was just so efficient. <laughs> like yeah. Was that two hours up. up or was that up and down? I'm um, just up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I um, imagine it would be pretty part. hard on your knees on the other side as well. Well, the way we did it, so going up the Young River and coming back down the Wilkin on the horseshoe mm-hmm. kind of loop meant that the really steep side we were going up, which some people hate, but... I kind of like to get it over and done with. Um, yeah. So we went up the really steep bit and the other side going down towards the Siberia Valley, which is towards the Wilkin, is no, it's still steep, but it's nowhere near as bad. Okay. Um, so if you're doing it, I would recommend that way because it's nice to have the steep bit at the start. And that way also if you like fall or stumble, you're falling into the hillside. You're not like terrified yeah. you're going to down. down <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, coming the other way up the other side, it's not as steep, but oh, that would be such a long climb mm. up. It would, I feel like yeah. it would be so destroying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was steep, but my husband doesn't love heights and he did really well. So um, mainly because his mean wife makes him do these kind of crazy things. <laughs> to it. Well, I suppose that's the benefit of um, a really steep climb is stunning views um mm. I'll, I'll link your blog post in the description of this but your photos just looked incredible um, yeah, we looking out over the valley um with the rivers and just mountains all around yeah it, it honestly I know like when you asked me what my favorite hike was I had such a hard time <laughs> down but Gillespie Park was one is one of my favorites yeah. yeah so what did what did that day look like once you were up up to the top of the pass and then back down the other side um so most people i think would normally just keep going into the siberia valley and then walk is it maybe 40 minutes um down river to siberia hut okay which is a bookable hut but we actually on some advice from um kate mcdonald who's also an amazing mum on you on instagram um she had camped she kind of told, told us where there was a campsite so we camped just above the siberia valley so it kind of cut cut the day in half so it wasn't quite as long so we didn't have to rush which was nice so we camped there and then the next day instead of going to Siberia Hut straight away we went up to Lake Crucible which is a side trip you can do yeah um which was also extremely steep um lots and lots of tree roots to climb but it's a really gorgeous um kind of glacial lake which is stunning beautiful turquoise yeah yeah I was I was hoping there'd be icebergs because there can be early okay. in the season, but it had just been yeah. too hot that summer, yeah. so that all melted. Well, if but... the river was, um, if you were able to cross the river, there probably was no chance for the icebergs. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, uh, I think we, no... we missed them by maybe three or four weeks. Yeah. 
Oh, Crucible Lake looks really stunning as well. Is that the only route that you can take to get to Crucible Lake? Yes, unless you're yeah. a mountaineer and want to abseil some sheer cliff faces, I think that's the only <laughs> way in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing scenic flights in the area, I think they do often take you over it just because the watercolour is insane. So yeah. you can see it without tramping as well, I think. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and you did this January last year, so it would have been before you were pregnant. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um. I was going to ask about what you, what's the best thing that you packed for this, for this trip? Other than chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) As well as chocolate. (laughs) Um, Poles were actually really helpful. Like I'm, Mm. I'm a recent convert to tramping poles just because I think in like old school tramping circles, they've got a bad rep that you're like either a tourist or someone who doesn't do like hardcore tramps if you use poles, but they're so good. Like really helpful for stability like with river crossings and going downhill like they really I've got bang knees so they really help with they like, really do yeah. yeah yeah I use poles as well when it's when it's a multi-day just because your knees thank you afterwards <laughs> yeah I think they take your weight off off your legs and like you're giving your arms a workout as well <laughs> yeah <win-win. laughs> yeah you know, that was yeah chocolate and and the poles are probably great ones yeah um and what did those last days look like after crucible like um so yeah after crucible we walked back down the same way and then walked down mm-hmm. the river to um siberia hut which would booked, yeah. but there was i think was it just one family with about three generations but either way it was a very busy so hut. Cool. yeah um, really really cool but we're like actually we've paid for the hut but we'll just set up our tent and camp on the grass outside um so that it was a bit more comfy for us rather than falling asleep with snorers and kids <laughs> um so that was beautiful and then the next day we walked out and it goes from being like a tramping track to like a great walk level footpath oh, yeah. almost like really, yeah. really weird but it's because there's this Siberia experience that you can do which is okay. the um Wilkin River Jets and one of the um airline cup like local um sightseeing airline companies I can't remember which one where you can fly in and land. There's an airstrip um, in wow. the valley near Siberia Hut, so you can land in this tiny little plane, um, and then you walk three hours over to the Wilkin, which is what we did from the hut, and then you jet boat down the Wilkin instead. So yeah. um, it's a really cool way of experiencing I might be Siberia keen for Valley. That. Um, yeah, <laughs> without having to do like three or four days of hard walking. And you could do it. You could do it. You could fly and do it like a day trip to a Crucible Lake, and then mm. walk out and get the trip park. That sounds amazing. I, I'm, think, I'm thinking of giving it to my parents as a Christmas present. Um, yeah, like in combination with my sister and things. So we'd yeah book them the plane, book them a night at Siberia Hut, so they can choose to go up the valley or go to Crucible Lake, and then the next day jet boat down so walk three hours on the nice track and then jet boat down the Wilkin River instead of walking out um all all along that valley yeah that sounds really awesome yeah and that's what we did as well so you can walk um all the way out along the Wilkin and then cross the Makarora River again but after three or four days we were like we'll just get the jet boat back (laughs) splurge a little bit um and it was hands down the best jet boat ride I've ever had like Uh, that's awesome my parents live in the um, Queenstown area, so they often get like locals deals for when the schools are doing fundraisers for like shot over Jed and the Cora yeah. Jed and things. And 
the, like this jetboat ride was actually even better than those commercial ones. I think because oh, the river go. was so low. Yeah, um, yeah. But Danielle, the driver and the owner of um, Wilkin River Jets, was just she's so cool, <laughs> such a badass. That's awesome. It's always such a good feeling to be supporting local businesses as well. Mm, yeah. When it's a little bit more off the beaten track. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you wanted to sort of mention about Gillespie Pass? I think that's about it. Just, I think, yeah, just the river crossings, like be aware about the river crossings. Like I used to work with American exchange students and one of my friends who did the same thing when we were at uni, one of her students passed away on this walk. Like it is, mm. it isn't a walk to kind of underestimate. So if it's bad mm. weather or rain, I wouldn't recommend. But in yeah. the summer, nice weather, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who might be sort of at a beginner level? for hikes but want to sort of tackle some of those more challenging hikes um I think it's hard because you don't know what you don't know that's the hard thing right absolutely yeah I think go with other people if you can like reach out to people on social media or friends or join a tramping club like I know it's a bit more old-fashioned but there's there's such good resources yeah and they often go on amazing trips that you can't access otherwise like through private land um so go with people that kind of know what they're doing and get that experience before doing too much crazy stuff on your own. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, you want to kind of have that scaffolded support, I think is best. Or just like look up lots of resources, chat with people online as well. Like I'm, I've always chatting with people about tramping or, or trips that they're thinking about. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely a risk averse tramper, as crazy as that kind of probably seems to people who don't tramp, but, um, and see what I do. But yeah, I, it's better to not put yourself in situations when you're absolutely you're at risk. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just not worth the risk, is it? No. No, that's really good advice, I think. And yeah, those clubs can be such a great resource as well as I suppose just doing your research on these sorts of hikes before you attempt them. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. Don't be the people that I saw on the Tongara crossing in Jandals and carrying a wheeler suitcase. A like, wheeler suitcase, yeah, no like way. Yeah, suitcase on wheels. Did it still yeah, have the wheels track. left by the end of the track? They they hadn't got to the stairs, so I wasn't going to what Wow. That's, yeah. That really is something. I do remember my first year in New Zealand, actually, and someone was bragging to me that they'd done the Tongariro Crossing in winter with sneakers and jeans, I think. Oh, see, like, no. <laughs> like back then, I was just like, oh, okay, it must be like super easy. Like I just didn't know. Um, it was probably one of the first times I'd heard of it. And now I'm like jeans, sneakers in winter on the – like in an alpine environment, just no. I know. I, like, I've known people no, no, do no. like shoes and like micro spikes. That's fine. But the jeans, like, oh, that's – A, I don't know how it's comfortable. You must have some amazing jeans. <laughs> um, and B, if those get wet. And or like and they're going to because it's winter and it's snowy like you can't get those dry again and then you're gonna be so cold yeah and just for because alpine environments are unpredictable and things can change so fast you just you got to be prepared yeah definitely um what are some of the hikes alice that you've done since you've been pregnant um maybe for other people that want to give give some a go um what ones I have done we just recently it was last weekend or the weekend before did Breast Hill or Pakituhi Hut near Hawea okay which is on the Te Araroa Trail yeah. and 
it's I, I've heard that it's one of the really beautiful sections and the views are gorgeous so it's kind of like I think like Roy's Peak views but a tramping track instead of a four-wheel drive road stunning <laughs> yeah it that was, sounds it really was pretty beautiful. very steep though my husband yeah. Matt think, like I don't think he's still forgiven me because <laughs> he didn't quite realize how bad the exposure and the drop-offs were going to be um but it was very fun. forgave you for Gillespie and then you've gone and taken them on this. <laughs> yeah, I think I laid it on thick for Gillespie, like in terms of expectations, whereas this one I was like, we'll just go do this like overnight, <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, and it took him by surprise. It was really hard work, um, but, yeah, so happy I could I could do it. Yeah, what and was what the I name did? of that hut again? Paki Tuhi. Um, okay. I'll definitely be writing a blog post about that one because it was such a cool trip and there yeah. was – it was really funny. We got to the hut and there was an, I think she was seven year old and her older sister and their oh, dad, awesome. and then a British guy who was um, working as a vet in Queenstown came over like just as the sun was kind of setting Yeah, and he was, he'd kind of been like huffing and puffing and complaining about how steep it was, which is probably fair enough because it was very steep. And then he got to the hut and there was a child and he was like, oh, <laughs> I can't complain anymore. And then the child turned to me and asked, oh, so you're having a boy or a girl? And he just turned around and his jaw dropped and said, you're pregnant. And then he just didn't complain for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh, that's such a good story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just imagine imagine what he's telling his friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think he was hangover as well. Like, it was it was hard work on his behalf. <laughs> um, oh, what else have we done? We've done McIntyre McIntosh Hut near Glenorchy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is quite a, it's quite a lot of elevation, but it's on old mining tracks, so it's not too bad. Okay. Um, and we did some huts in the Greenstone Capels, which is the valley over from the Rootburn. Okay. That we didn't do the full loop; we just didn't have enough time. But yeah. We went into um, Greenstone Hut and then went back round to Mid Capels Hut, which is like they're both pretty nice um, and family friendly. Yeah. No, it's really stuff. awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool to hear that you've done sort of a, a mix of things. Um, mm, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what what's in store for December, November, December. But I don't think it'll be any too crazy adventures. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll have to hop back on for another episode in maybe a year's time and let us know what it's been like with a baby. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Once I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have any other advice for um, people, whether they are pregnant and wanting to hike or Gillespie Pass? Um, if you're pregnant and wanting to hike, unless it's your doctor telling you you shouldn't be doing it or your midwife, don't listen to just random people saying you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing things. Um, they don't know you or your body. So listen to listen to your body. If it's telling you don't do things, don't. But if you feel really comfortable, then and you're used to doing that kind of stuff, then there's no reason to stop it. Yeah, that's um, really good advice. Yeah, like it's pregnancy isn't a disease, even though sometimes it can feel like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just I think it, it helps prepare you for birth and motherhood. I say having not gone through either of those things yet, but um, being fit and healthy, both like physically and mentally, has to be yeah, a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. That mental side of things is really important as well. Yeah, and then contrarily, if you're starting tramping, do listen to other people. Um, <laughs> it can be hard because there's contradictory advice around there, but yeah, find some people either through clubs or meetup groups or Facebook groups um, that are good people and go with them or listen to their advice. Yeah, 
No, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been really, really cool to have a chat. And I think you've got a blog post coming out soon about hiking yes. in pregnancy. Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, I feel a bit of a fraud because I haven't done much yet in third trimester, but it'll be a good indication for people. Like, I just found it really hard to plan. So I thought mm. any resources that might help other Absolutely. people. Yeah. Well, once that's out, I'll add it to the description. Um, but yeah, do you want to plug your socials? Where can people find you if they want to connect with you on the internet? <laughs> um, I'm probably most active on my blog. So that's aliceadventuring.com um, or on Instagram, which is at alice.adventuring. Um, so always happy to answer comments or messages or, yeah, I've I've found social media to be like, such a positive place to meet people like yourself um, and other people doing similar things that I would never have had the chance to meet in real life. 100%. Yeah, I, I do think social media is such a powerful tool for connecting with people that are like-minded. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on. It's, yeah, I've loved listening to the other episodes. I haven't listened to all of them, but I've loved it. And so thank you so much for inviting me on. Head to the description to read Alice's blog post on Gillespie Pass and follow her on socials as well to make sure you don't miss her new article about tramping during pregnancy. It's always a privilege to hear stories from women in the outdoors in spaces that have historically been male-dominated. I hope that this episode inspires you to book your next hike and spend some time in Aotearoa's beautiful backyard, and maybe you'll even be tempted to book a trip to the Deep South. Thank you so much for tuning in and coming along for the ride. If you love the show and enjoyed listening, please take the time to leave a review on Apple or Spotify. I would also love to connect with you, so send me a DM on Instagram or leave me a voice message, and I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, keep adventuring. I just got very distracted because there was this baby spider running across my desk. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm out.